You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I feel like we have to kick off the show with like an in-memoriam. Because remember oh, oh when no. remember when we had the White Sox kill list and we're like a lot of guys are gonna get shredded off of this team, like guys are gonna be leaving the forty man roster. Yeah, left it, and it, right. dude, it happened. It uh, happened. Uh, yes, uh, it, like they got <laughs> they got done with Thanksgiving and they're like, "Happy Thanksgiving, you're out of here." <laughs> we had pulled people all across social media, Sox fans, and had them tell us if they had to find four guys, just four guys to get off the roster. We knew there were gonna be a lot more. Remember, we were predicting well into the teens, the amount of guys that were going to be jettisoned from this team. And that's going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. And remember the top four guys, Dylan Covey, Yomer Sanchez, Daigo Vieira, mm-hmm. and Daniel Palka. Right. Palka went right away. Yes. He's gone. Sanchez was outrighted last week. It became official yesterday yeah, or not they, yesterday, on Monday. It was Monday. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they released a story that he's been put on outright waivers. Yeah, Monday he's he was non-tendered. We already knew what was going to happen with him. He's gone. And Thigo Vieira was released and signed with a Japanese baseball league. He's not even in the country anymore. He's gone to play baseball someplace else. Dylan Covey, who was the number one guy that Sox fans wanted to see go bye-bye, Still hanging on. Yes. Like he's got incriminating photos only, of somebody. Only because, Chris, they did not sign Zach Wheeler over the Thanksgiving holiday, unfortunately, which is kind of what we were thinking was going to happen. Yeah, so, but they still, at- so they still have, here's the deal, they still have pitching to fill. So that's why I think they haven't jettisoned Kobe yet. In addition to the Yolmer move, what came out on Monday, um, they made the same decision to put on waivers uh, pitchers Ryan Burr and Caleb uh, Frere. How, is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, that's how you say it. That's how you say yeah, it? Yeah, Caleb okay. Frere. He gone. They have uh, tendered contracts to unsigned players Alex Colome, Evan Marshall, Leary Garcia, and Carlos Rodon. We all sort of expected that. Chris, when you and I were texting the other day, we said, well, maybe Colome, but apparently they're working on something with him. so Well, I mean, they're going to tender him. And, and here's the interesting thing. The expected, according to MLB trade rumors, the expected amount of money these guys will all end up getting in arbitration. Colome's $10.3 million, Garcia's 4 Rodon is 4 and a half, Evan Marshall's $1.3. I thought the most interesting thing, though, that happened on Monday when they had to figure out who they were going to tender and who they were going to non-tender was that James McCann avoids arbitration with a $5.4 million deal for one year. I did see that also. He was only projected, though, by MLB trade rumors to get $4.9 million. So, five, so, so a half million Half million more. dollars. Where did that half million dollars come from? Is that the half million dollars they saved on Wellington Castillo? It's maybe. <laughs> is that where may, that half may, million maybe. came from? May, you is, might be right. So what they did to avoid arbitration with McCann... Hey, we're just going to give you and some international signing bonus pool money just so they could lock him up before arbitration because they were afraid he was going to make more. Like that, it's the one thing that, like, I looked at it, I was like, that's exactly a half a million dollars. That's exactly what the will listen, listen. McCann got the Castillo money. Is that how that works? If you're going to give James McCann the Castillo money, (laughs) first of all, 
fine. <laughs> but if you're you gonna... give them international signing pool money just so you can lock up McCann rather than go to arbitration where he was projected to make a half a million dollars less. I'm just I'm just spit maybe not they're probably not not related at all. They're not related at all. In the grand scheme of things, it just you, popped out you to needed me. to in the grand scheme of things, I mean it's not that far off of what they were projecting his arbitration numbers to be. I can see why the White Sox would want to go ahead and do that and not risk him going to arbitration in case, for whatever reason, he ends up getting some insane th- amount of money. I think more. if you can lock based a guy off in, of based off of his All Star year and his performance in in the first half of last year. So I get I get that I get I, that. I think if you can lock a guy in when you have so many things you have to do in an off season, that's a good thing. It also makes it easier for the White Sox, and I hate to suggest this because I don't believe they're going to do it, but it gives the White Sox the option if somebody comes along and tries to go after James McCann that he's already locked into a contract for next year. Yeah. If somebody comes a calling, and and the Sox may have noticed that, let's, let's just look at what's going on in the free agent market. Like, pretty much nothing unless you're a catcher. Catchers are going everywhere. After the Sox go out and get Grandal, everybody starts trying to grab up catchers, okay? Several teams have gone out and gotten free agent catchers and signed them. It's encouraging, more than interesting, that the White Sox were actually the first to move on the catcher situation. My question is, did they realize that this this catcher free-for-all was going to happen in free agency, or did they set the market by going to get Grandal first? I almost feel like it's like when you're playing fantasy football, which I know you don't do, but like in a fantasy football draft, there's like that one good tight end out there. You know you need a tight end. Everybody needs one when you're doing a fantasy football draft, and you don't want to be the guy that ends up with the 10th best tight end. Well, So when the big guy went, there was a tight end run. Like, all of a sudden, everybody's like, we got to go get that guy because, you know what, we need a catcher. Uh, you know, I mean, that's what it felt like to in me. In fantasy hockey, I, which I have played, we do play, you know, goalies are kind of the same way. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of like that with the goalies. Yeah. I went so. with fantasy football because, like, you know, 95% of America plays fantasy football, and you and a couple of your buddies play fantasy hockey. So I, I just was trying to relate to everybody out there, you know, instead of, like, a couple of guys who play fantasy hockey. And, and well, so for, cares. for people who actually <laughs> want to do something that not everybody else does. <laughs> Plus, I don't like football. You know this. We have McCann signed. We have guys tendered that we expected to see get tendered. Uh, Leori's back. Colomi's back. Rodan's back. Marshall's back. Okay, four guys are gone. Burr, Frere, Sanchez, Vieira. The roster's at 36 out of 40 on the 40-man roster. The White Sox have told us that they want two starting pitchers, a DH, and a right fielder. They said this, Rick Hahn said this out loud in front of cameras multiple times as the season ended. You could say Grandal is really that DH with the way that they're going to rotate their catchers and their DH and possibly every once in a while move uh, Collins to first base if you want to give Abreu a day off. Like, they've got that done, so cross DH off. The problem the White Sox are now having is that where they were able to attack and sign Grandal before the rest of the league caught up, they have run into an issue with their next move, which seemed to be their front-end, high-end starting pitcher. Because they're going to get a high-end guy, we said, and they're going to get a guy that's for the back of the rotation. The high-end guy target seems to be Zach Wheeler. 
The issue with Zach Wheeler, and I said this, if they don't sign him by over to Thanksgiving weekend, I'm afraid they're not going to sign him. I, I don't think the Sox now should feel super positive about getting him. And I just want to, here's what's happened. The Sox get reported as being the team that has the highest amount offered on the table for Wheeler, the and, best deal. And this has gone back now to before the Thanksgiving holiday, right. like right around the Grandal deal, that's when we were reading this. So Ken Rosenthal just writes an article for The Athletic the other day saying there's one team that's already got a $100 million offer on the table. You would assume that's the Chicago White Sox. You would also assume that the White Sox have basically come out with what they're going Can you imagine them going higher than that? Rosenthal's talking four to five years at $100 million for Zach Wheeler. Do you see them adding years or money onto that? That's a tough sell yeah. to, your, to your owner if that's all the case. And now here's the other interesting thing. It gets reported that Wheeler's going to go back to the Mets. We talked about this. But obviously the Mets said, yeah, we're not going to match that. So now Wheeler's agent, he's got nothing. It's either accepted or keep going. Well, look, everybody's talking about Wheeler. You even have the Yankees saying that if they can't get Kohler Strasburg, they're going to go after Wheeler. He's not in a hurry to sign. No, The agency that's representing Wheeler now realizes they have the third best pitcher behind Cole and Strasburg, and there are more teams out there that are interested in Wheeler, so they're playing the long game now to the point that they they get it put out there that the Twins are interested in Wheeler, but then two days after that, it's reported the Twins haven't even offered a deal, which means the agent is now playing the same game that we saw with the Machado and the Harper camp last year, and we've seen, we've seen this game before, and I don't think the White Sox play this game very well. No, and, and to add to that, they're waiting for... They're waiting for the Strasburg coal dominoes to fall first because, you know, what Z, what Wheeler is going to get is going to be dependent upon what those two guys get. And those two guys are going to be the ones to go first. So yeah. I can totally see Wheeler's camp saying, you know what? Cool. 100 million, four or five years from the White Sox. But I want to see what Cole gets. I want to see what Strasburg gets. And, and he, you're right because you could end up with a situation like you have, like you had last year, where the Sox end up being odd man out. And I know what we're saying, Dave, is very different from what White Sox Twitter was a buzz with all day on Tuesday. Because if you look at White Sox Twitter on Tuesday, and you look at everybody from John Heyman to Bob Nightingale to to any reporter, I think Jeff Passan had something out there. Everybody's got something saying. The White Sox are in the lead. Zach Wheeler's making his decision soon. But then there's always this caveat. The Reds are close. The Rangers are trying. It, it feels like we're getting set up for either disappointment in the next week or like two months of just hanging on this Wheeler thing. There is an insane amount of smoke around this thing. Steve Stone is chirping on Twitter yesterday. Think the next target's pitching, kind of alluding to the fact that the sacks are getting close. I think Stoney's deal to join Bonetti back up in the booth gets done before this is resolved. I think the Sox have a better shot at acquiring Jack Peterson in a trade, which once again is the buzz, before this gets worked out. No matter what is getting put out there about this is going to happen soon, get ready. I hope I'm wrong. I hope to be doing a special extra show of Sacks in the Basement this weekend because we've made another major signing. I'm not super confident, though, right now, like most people are. 
They they try to do the same thing with Wheeler that they did with Grandal. I give them complete credit for that. No, they, they yes, they have they, the best, they tried to get it right away. They tried to get him right away. They have reportedly the best offer that's out there. But I'm I'm of the feeling that it's stupid to get into a bidding war now where you're going to sit around and wait until February to find out if you're going to get Zach Wheeler. No, and here's why. I think it's, I think you need to turn your attention to guys like Ryu and guys like uh, Madison, Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner. There's there, a bu- well, that's what I say. There's a bu- there are a Bunch of guys, Chris, like when you look over MLB free agency and you see all of the the starting pitchers that are available, there are plenty of dudes on that list that if you saw in a White Sox uniform and you put them at the top of your rotation, you'd sit there and you'd feel okay. You'd feel pretty good right. about going into next year. No, I think I think it's dumb to get into a long-term thing. Now, and some people think I'm crazy to say that's it. They should move on. And, and you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction. You don't just leave the table and stop talking to Wheeler's camp. But you just can't sit there with that offer on the table now for the next month and, and hope it's going to be okay w- with tunnel vision while the other options that are around him disappear. If everybody's focused in, I'm, I mean, look, according to Ken Rosenthal recently, it's the White Sox, the Twins, the Reds, the Rangers, and the Blue Jays among the clubs pursuing them. And I've seen teams like the Astros talk about him. Okay, I've seen teams and and the only reason the Astros are holding off right now on doing anything is because they don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do to them. But it's going to be something really bad for cheating at baseball. (laughs) So they don't know if they can even feel the team next year, because if Major League Baseball comes out and says everybody we think that was stealing signs is suspended for 50 games. They're like, well, we're just not doing anything this offseason. It's a long season. You don't know what they're going to end up doing. So they're not. But it could be it could be massive fines. I mean, you know, they don't know. They have to. So they're still they're still waiting in the wind. And then you also have teams like the angels who I know are in on Garrett Cole, but also will be after Wheeler. If they can't get him. the nationals, they don't get Strasburg, but they decide they want to keep going. They may be knocking on Wheeler's door. The Yankees, you, you have those I've two heard the Padres right, too. So you have yeah. those two premier pitchers that are above him. And if he's slotted now at number three, because of all this interest and everybody always gets excited about the shiny thing, he's become the shiny thing. And yes, the Sox are in the lead right now, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be knocking on Madison Bumgarner's door right now. If Madison Bumgarner is willing to take a deal close to what you're offering, Zach Wheeler, I say you do it. You could probably sign him for a year less because of the advanced innings, and he won't be asking for very much more. You could overpay slightly on him. I mean, I know everybody sits there and says that he's old. I know everybody says, I mean, he's only nine months or 10 months older than Zach Wheeler. I know everybody says that he's worn out because of all the playoff innings. Those are spectacular playoff innings. His playoff stats are absolutely incredible. I mean, like, you know, you can sit there and you can say, well, you know, Zach Wheeler's got all the pluses going for him. This is a really interesting narrative because I'm looking at Zach Wheeler's, just let's look at his ERA plus. That's your ERA adjusted to your park and your league. This is something that Rosenthal uses when he's starting to compare players in his article that came out this week for The Athletic. Now, even though he's thrown nearly a thousand fewer innings than Madison Bumgarner, who is only 10 months older, okay, so that's where it is, okay, and he's an analytics darling, he has an ERA plus that's basically right at league average. A guy who recently was also the same thing, and this is what Rosenthal compares him to, a guy who everybody felt the same way about recently was you Darvish, who actually had a better ERA plus and actually looked like analytically he was about to have his best years. And teams fought over you, Darvish, and gave him a bunch of money. There's no guarantee 
that Zach Wheeler is going to be what you expect Zach Wheeler to be. Now, do I think he could be? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. If they sign him tomorrow, I'm all excited about it. But let's talk about a guy like Madison Bumgarner. Here's a guy who his worst ERA plus ever was last season, and it was still better than Zach Wheeler's. He, he, right. He's better in his worst seasons. He's better than Zach Wheeler. There, it, Rosenthal goes on to point out that there are people that believe that just a little bit of tweaking analytically could get him back into that form that he was in just a few years ago, that his spin rate is increasing coming out of his hand, the ball coming out of his hand. There are things that point to the fact that Bumgarner still has good years in front of him. He's got rings. He's got experience. He's only he, 30. He's only 30. If Zach Wheeler intends to hold you out until next year, I have no problem with you going and signing Bumgarner to a similar deal and saying, you know what, Madison, we just want to get you right now. We want to get this done because you don't want to sit here with all these teams again, just like you did last year and fight over the, the bell of the ball, because I don't know if you're going to get the bell of the I ball. Don't think, we're I don't... not that destination. We're, we're the White Sox. We're not the destination where the free agent goes, well, I've got three offers and they're pretty much the same. And I've always wanted to play for the White Sox my entire life. Yeah, I can't doesn't... wait to get there. What a, what an amazing place to play. We're just not that. A neighborhood bar. A Southside tradition. Your home base for Sox viewing parties. Cork and Carry at the park. 3258 South Princeton Avenue, where they have an incredible menu that includes award-winning burgers, Chicago favorites, wings, beef, pulled pork, mac and cheese, salads, wraps, nachos, and an incredible environment. When I'm getting a drink pregame or postgame, it's over at Cork and Carry at the park. And in case you didn't know, you can rent the entire bar out for events. That applies not only to Cork and Carry at the park, but you can also book parties this holiday season at the original Cork and Carry in Beverly. Go to corkandcarryatthepark.com or corkandcarrybeverly.com for more details. Cork and Carry at the park at the corner of 33rd and Princeton, right near the park. We'll see you there. Getting back to the Grindal signing, don't think for a minute that that signing didn't have at least something to do with trying to lure top starting pitchers here. Because remember, one of the things that we talked about with Grindal that is so awesome is his is his his pitch framing. I think that's probably part of their pitch in a two, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't well, you know, it wouldn't is a it pitch, be? but money talks. Well, yeah, money talks, and we and I believe looking at this situation, you have an agent that's got an offer on the table that's bigger than they ever expected to have when they walked in this. Nobody from was, the from the Sox. nobody was expecting Zach Wheeler to pull the money if it was if it, there was already a hundred million dollar deal out there, and now you have an agent that's like, holy cow, we're sought after. Let's all slow down, and that's what that agency is doing, and I don't want to. I don't want to wait two months and lose. There's too much to be done. We still got to get that other pitcher. We still got to get that right fielder. Well, that, and that okay. right fielder thing is going to take forever. Well, if you really have locked in on Nick Castellanos and you're really going to dance with Scott Boris again, that right field thing is going to no. take please forever. No. Please no. Please don't get into January and be like, well, we got Grandal. <laughs> please don't do that to me. I can't handle that. Because, you know, I want to have all the faith in the world. I do. And we have, we are lucky enough now to have Steve Peradzinski, who's written for a lot of different uh, publications on the White Sox, who now writes for SoxInTheBasement.com. And he's been putting up stuff weekly, and I really appreciate that. And go check it out. 
but he's he he and you, if I got the two of you together, a negative vortex could open up. So I'm trying to be as positive as possible because he's already like, oh, well, we got Grandal and they'll probably not get anybody else. Like and and I don't want to and I don't think that's what they want to do. But you might get forced into a situation now where you end up with things well, you didn't want. Okay, okay, but here's the thing: when it comes to a when it comes to the the one thing to not worry about is the bottom end rotation guy because there are plenty of guys out there that can fill that role just fine. Uh, the corporate podcast is pushing agency. Cole Hamels this week. Oh, they're doing the Cole, Cole Hamels. Thing. Cole I, Hamels I, being pushed, dude. I'm a G. You know what, man? Hamels would be fine. He'd be fine. Bottom of then. I'm you not know more for a, not more than a year. Geo Gonzalez. <laughs> like a year with a year give me, option. Give me Geo Gonzalez for a year with an option. Give me give me Dick Mountain for a year. There are no look, no no. Dick Mountain had surgery. Isn't even going to be ready for the start of the year. Oh, I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, Rich Hills. Oh, no. I, I cross him off your list because you need a guy who's ready with a year. Um, no. no, but I think that I think that bottom end guy, that bottom end guy is not going to be hard to find. Well, I want Chris. it to be Alex Wood. I, I'm still on the Alex, Alex Wood, Wood train because you can, Alex you can take guy. Alex Wood and you can move him into the bullpen when your guys are ready to actually pitch at the major league level. Yeah, so you know you're going to manipulate Kopech and he's so, not going to be so, on the opening so, day roster. So look, man, don't worry about don't worry about don't worry about starting pitching bottom end. All right. Yes, that's something they have to fill, but that's something that you can fill pretty easily, I think. Um, definitely worry about the, the front end starting pitching. I don't know, man. Castellanos, is that really where they're going? I mean, are they really going to do the Boris thing? And, and even do they, do, they see what you, do they see what you saw where, uh, you know, Castellanos' home runs don't project that well at, at U.S. Cellular Field? I love I mean, how we never get the name of the field right. Because, dude, <laughs> I am, I'm sorry. I am not calling it guaranteed rate field. That is stupid. I just got to go back to what my grandmother used to call it. Sax Park. Sax Park. All right. Yeah. So, that's when it was Kaminsky. She called it Sax Park. Okay. They used to call it Kaminsky because people can't pronounce Kaminsky properly. All right. So there's a lot of guys out there right now at right field. And so the White Sox could sit back. It, they really could. There's a few. There's a lot of options that you can go get. There's a lot of things that you can figure out in right field, and and for the first time, I think ever, I noted in the last couple of years, it's a huge number. Forty players that were up for arbitration were non-tendered in Major League Baseball on Monday. That's that's almost double the year before, and the owners have figured out. And this is why when the CBA ends in December of 2021. We may be heading for a labor stoppage, which scares the bejesus out of me because it's going to be just like 1994 right, all over again. We're supposed to win, but we're going to be ready strike, to win, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, we'll be striking or locking out or whatever it is. But and you know who's going to be at the head of that right at the strike. head of it, right at the head of it. Yeah, Jerry will be standing there right there, leading the owners. That's what he'll be doing. Yeah, that's what his role is. I look at the amount of guys that have been flooded into the market. Now, what you have is the owners, and the owners know what they're doing. Why spend all that money in arbitration on a guy if the market is flooded? Now we're going to drive down the cost of players, and they have to do that. Did you see what Mike Mustakis got? Like sixty-four million dollars over four years. What? Josh Donaldson must have done a dance in his living room after that happened. I didn't see where I mean, that he happened. must have. He must have done a dance in his living room when the Cincinnati Reds gave Mustakis that. Wow. Because because he is going to get so much more in right field right now. You have so many options you can use. 
And there's guys that are available through trade as well. We've talked about the names. Marcelo Zuna, Corey Dickerson is out there. Um, th- those are two guys that we like. Uh, Domingo Santana is 27 years old. He was a replacement-level player, but he's had some interesting years where he's been good, been bad. He was a non-tendered guy on Monday. Nicholas Castellanos, like I said, Cole Calhoun's going to be out there. I don't want to have Hassel Garcia back, no, but there are teams but that are the- interested in him, so he's going to grab one of the roles. Yasiel Puig, Puig is out there. right? And then, and then you also have the very intriguing idea that I've seen floated, and I got tagged in it um, by some Pirates fans that were talking about the idea of acquiring one of the White Sox many catchers, even all the way down to Yerman Mercedes. Interesting. Is part of a package deal to go and grab up a Starling Marte, hmm. who you have two years of control at about $11 million, and it's an option year every year, so you can get rid of him right away. Like he's just It's just option years. You just get to pick up. It's like pay as you go, but you have control over him. And when you think about Aloy Jimenez, and Aloy is not very good defensively out in left field. And, and I love, the, I love the, the thing that has been talked about, how he's now playing you know, down south. He's playing, he's playing some winter ball. The first day he was in the lineup, he was a DH. Like, I thought he was down there to work on his defense. He's down there being a DH right the, away. The story has been put out, whether it's true or not, that the White Sox, are, the White Sox have been satisfied with Eloy Jimenez's defensive progress he's been bad out there in left field yes but but he looks lost he the the this the narrative is that he's getting better now but are you going to take are you going to take lewis robert when he eventually gets up have him acclimate to the majors and also have to have him cover that entire alley between center and left because aloy can't if you went out and made a deal just theoretically, I'm not saying you should, but if you made a deal or signed a guy who could play center field, you could take some pressure off of Lewis Robert as he gets acclimated. You have the ability to flip-flop him back and forth, but you could also shift your outfielders because you got two guys that can cover a lot of ground that are out there in, in right and in center. So it is I mean, something to consider. There's it's, not, an, it's another outside-the-box thing. Remember, I was like, D.D. Gregorius, right field. I mean, I don't think Marte is as outside-the-box as that. Would you make that move? If all of a sudden, like, let's say they came along and they said, we want James McCann just as like a bridge because oh. we like him. Or they wanted Zach Collins. Oh, no. Yeah. Would you, I, yeah, would no, you include either make... one of those guys in a deal for a couple years of Starling Marte? Uh, yeah, I would. You I would. McCann, uh, I don't know. You I know, mean, McCann is the guy I would let go of more than Collins because well, I you still only don't got, know what Collins' potential you is. You only yet. have him for a year. Yeah, you're not keeping him, I don't think, after this year. I really don't think you keep James McCann after this year. Mm, He's really a one-year deal. So you, you trade one year of McCann for two years of Marte? Mm. Well, you're going to have to give up other things. You're going to have to probably throw in a steel walker. You're gonna to have to give them prospects that they want. Okay. You know. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. You wouldn't like orchestrate. I mean, like that's I mean, the I'd thing. Be fine with it. To me, it's an interesting trade. There'd be there'd be there'd be half the room yelling that I can't believe we did this, and there'd be another half of the room saying, "Great, makes sense, makes sense to me." So, but I'm sure it's somewhere down their list as a possibility. But again, they're right now stuck in this thing where they are tunnel vision right on that front end starting pitcher. And I don't want them to have tunnel vision just on the one guy. It's my biggest fear. Just don't don't have tunnel vision get locked in for the next two months in the middle of the Zach Wheeler sweepstakes because if you don't get him, you're going to be left holding the bag. The and White's, we can't do that this in year. In the White Sox defense, in the White Sox defense, and you have said this, they have been a lot better 
this year about keeping what they are intending on doing under wraps. Yeah, like except the, for the fact they're the highest offer for Zach Wheeler. Except for the fact that the highest offer for Zach Wheeler. That came from the right. agent. Right. No, the... the because, for example, the Grindal, the Grindal thing came out of nowhere. I think it was like James Fox predicted it, and that was it. And 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 nobody else even paid it any mind. But then all of a sudden, there we are. I will, I will give the Sox the benefit of the doubt that what they intend on doing or where they're at is is very much... They're doing a better job of keeping it in-house under wraps this time around. Well, but look at this, too. Why does the Grandal thing not get plastered all over the place? Because Yasmani Grandal is kind of his own guy. He, here's a guy who took a one-year deal because he felt his value was worth more. I think he's far more involved in what's going on with his contracts and his money. He's one of these new players that, that understands his market value, and he's almost giving his agent instructions. So the agent probably was like, well, I really can't. He doesn't want me to drum up anymore. He's happy with the deal. He wants to sign, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think you run into a problem when you have a player go, just get me the best deal. I'll be, I'll be on vacation. Okay. I'll be with my family. I'll be doing such and such. I'll be working out. That's your job. Get me the best deal. Then that agent is doing things like what's happening here. It's clear that they are the ones that put that out. Now, when you hear that the twins hadn't even made an offer, but but it was out two days or three days before that was revealed that the twins were in on him. They're, they're trying to drum up a market bigger than what they already are getting. And the guy's already at nine figures, according to Rosenthal on Monday. He's already at nine figures. He's already getting a nine-figure deal, and he isn't signing today. Right. That's that's a guy who's like, they're in for the long haul. They, they're going to sit around and wait forever. They're like, that nine figures isn't going away. That's how they feel. And and so the, and they're they're not afraid right now. So you can't be afraid to pick up the phone and be like, "All right, well, right now, the same article by Ken Rosenthal and I, I know I'm kind of harping on the same article here, but it was really, I mean, it really kind of compared two pitchers that we've talked a lot about a lot in Bumgarner and and Wheeler. He's he's not the predictions for Bumgarner are not nine figures. Right. The well, years for the Bumgarner hope, are less than Wheeler's. The hope is the hope is that what I was Getting at what the hope is, is that in addition to having that contract on the table for Wheeler, that the Sox are behind closed doors making calls to Ryu, to to Bumgardner. I can never say his name right. It's terrible, Chris. But that they're making calls to some of these other guys in case Wheeler falls off the table or in case they just decide, you know what? We have, this guy will sign today. So well, that's what they have we're to not do. gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna wait on Zach Wheeler. You can't sit around and wait on that guy for forever. You can't. I really feel like I in my bones, my gut tells me this is gonna stretch forever. The Wheeler thing that everybody wants it to happen, but it's not gonna happen. Then again, it could happen five hours after this podcast post, which would be nice. I would like to be wrong. If I'm wrong and that happens, and you want to make fun of me jubilantly. Remember, you can call us at 708-459-8406. You can comment on the show. You can jump in and tell us what you think the White Sox should be doing. Dave and I will be here if something happens. We will break in and do a special episode over the weekend. We don't care. We're all in on this. Find us on all your social media channels at Socks in the Basement and tell your friends about it and get them to subscribe anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com Socks in the Basement 
Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.